This is Pulse 95. You're listening to the Halftime Show podcast. This is the Halftime Show with Umar Paduri on Pulse 95.95. Welcome back to the Halftime Show. Now, before we get started, let's give a shout out to all the people now who are tuned in. Uh, Blanca, Perez Jr., Ala, Tarek, Saad, Leonie FC, uh, who else have I missed? Limitless PT Ali, ATXJ, all these people who are tuning to the halftime show. Remember, I call you guys the halftimers because you're always making the show what it is. Today, we've got a big show on hand, and thank you guys for those who have texted in 4215 or do, or uh, on my Instagram live who DM me or slide into the DMs at Pulse95 Radio. Today, we're talking about the Gulf League, which just got started, the Gulf League Cup. We're talking about the boxing world, and we're also going to preview the Arsenal, or should I say Liverpool versus Arsenal Anfield game of the weekend. So stay tuned for more on that. But on Thursday, the 22nd, Al Jazeera defeated Khorfokan 3-1 at the Mohammed bin Zayed Stadium. Al Jazeera were a lot more aggressive in their play, creating 14 goal opportunities, 65% possession and committing 18 fouls. Al Matroshi opened the scoring on the 14th minute. Pedro Jr. did equalise only for Mubarak and Al Ghafri to finish the game off. On the other side, Ajman drew with Hatta in what appeared to be a, a stale goalless draw. There was definitely an air of pre-season about the game. Ajman failed to record a single shot on target the whole game. Not one for the light-hearted. Sharjah, unfortunately, were defeated 2-0 by Banias, which also had a, an air of pre-season form as all the players weren't back as some of the players' attention is with the national team as they get ready to travel on Monday. A game which saw Banias dominate possession and had Lucas Wesner sent off. Two goals from Pedro Conte was enough to get Banias the victory. We also had Al Nasser who defeated Kelba comfortably 3-0 with Jasim Yaqub getting two assists, Brandley Kuas, Toze and Negredo getting on the score sheet. How many of you remember Negredo he used to play for Manchester City? Still doing it, still doing it here in the UAE, which is big. Al Ain and Shabab Al Ahli were involved in a game of contentious decisions as three penalties were converted by Kojo Laba and Ahmed Khalil in a 2-2 draw. Al Wahda cruised to a 3-1 victory over Fujairah in their first Group B match. A game that started off slow, saw Fujairah goalkeeper Saleh Rabah pull off two consecutive saves, keeping his side in it. However, five minutes before half-time saw Abdullah Anwar score the opening goal. Anwar doubled his goal tally in the 49th minute and Al-Wahda now sit on top of Group B alongside Banias. But what do you think... Um, what do you think of the new Gulf League Cup and also the Gulf League season as well coming up? Plenty of teams following Sharjah's victory last year was phenomenal. But plenty of teams now wanting to knock Sharjah off the top spot. What do you think it's going to be? Text us on 4215 and let us know what you think. Who's going to win the league this year? Who's going to win the cup this year? And which players are you looking forward to seeing most? Now, we often hear the same names when it comes to Amr Abdurrahman and Ismail Matar and all these players playing. However, it is time for some of the younger generation to step up. And I think, and I'm just predicting, this might be the season for the youth to actually spring a few surprises. Coming up next, we talk about Anthony Yard as he has the opportunity to fulfill his potential on the big stage. We also talk about his coach who had a brilliant role in the rise of the prodigy, Tunde Ajayi. And for those that don't know, stay tuned for more on Pulse95 on the Halftime Show with Omar Duri for more on Tunde Ajayi and Anthony Yard. Coming up next, stay tuned. is the halftime show with Omar Adouri. 
Welcome back to the Halftime Show. Now, if you're just tuning in, where have you been? I've got someone on on, uh, on Instagram now tuned in, a regular, a regular at the Halftime Show, Ala, who is driving in Riyadh, hopefully safely, and listening into the show. And thank you again, guys, for tuning in. Everyone that is uh, involved and always interacting with me, much, much appreciated. Now, if you're just listening, we talked about the Arabian Gulf League Cup, which just kicked off a few days ago with the season off to a good start already. But now it's time to give that boxing feeling. And the healthy stage it is at the moment now, which is the boxing world. And I say that because it seemed for a while things appear to be quite stagnant. But with the characters and the phenomenal skills on display, we have so much to cover on the show. We often hear, we often hear about athletes. That's kind of regular. We often hear about them all the time. And fighters, but not not quite as much about the coaches and the men behind the scenes who work in day in and day out to ensure that their fighters are in the right mental and physical shape. The other day we discussed mental health and mental fitness and I'm talking coaches now and one person who seems to be working his magic and has done so for a very long time in the boxing scene is Tunde Ajayi. Now for those who don't know the name on this side of the world Tunde has had a lot of criticism down the years for his methods of pad work which involves a lot of repetitions, combinations and endurance of the brain as well as the body. His approach has also been questioned due to relaying on reactions, movement and counters rather than sparring. Here's what former champion Andrew Ward had to say about the much anticipated fight between Anthony Yard and Sergei Kovalov which is tonight in Russia. Listen to this. Uh, I, I liked what I saw in Kovalev's last fight. Um, I saw the comments by Yard and his coach. I don't really have no comment on that. They can feel the way they feel. God bless them. Uh, I've been hearing that stuff throughout the course of my career. Um, but that, that Kovalev fight is going to be harder than what they realize. You know, at the highest level, it don't matter how good you do mid-work. It don't matter how big your muscles are. You're going to have to show that you can fight. You're going to have to show that you can take it. Show that you can dish it out. Show you got the conditioning. Show you got the IQ. Your team, your coaches. They got to show that they can perform under pressure too because they're going to be under pressure and it's going to be in Russia from what I heard. Is it, did I hear that right? Yes, that's correct. There'll yeah. be a lot of pressure, man. So I see Kovalev winning and maybe stopping. Yeah, I mean... That's the headline for you. <laughs> a lot of criticism, Anthony Yard, is that he hasn't faced decent opponents. That's now he's facing a decent opponent. People are saying he's not ready for them. I've never been a fan. Like, I'm all for... I'm the guy that, like, leaves a crack in the door for a person to show up and be great. Just like Amir Kahnemore. I'm not the guy that's like, oh, Crawford's going to knock him out. No, on paper... We think Amir Khan's gonna fade and maybe lose focus, but this is boxing, it's unscripted. Yeah. But I'm not a fan of a guy facing C-level guys, making a name for himself, and then all of a sudden jumping to an A, a, a guy, maybe an A-minus guy, or a B-plus guy. I'm not a fan of that. I'm a fan of working your way up slowly, and then at that right time, taking the step up and seeing what you got. But I don't know if, he had, if, he, if he's fought the necessary guys to prepare him for a guy like Sergey Kovalev. Cool. Some harsh words from and- Andrew Ward. And to what extent is there a right style? C-level fighters. That's pretty harsh from his side. But is there a right style? Does everyone have to follow one style in boxing to be successful? If everyone did, would we have unique fighters and coaches? 
I can only speak on my experience and having actually been certified by Tunde and worked underneath him, I was fascinated with his style, especially having worked with the Mayweathers and having been so well respected in the community. He was very calm and he was direct in his methods, with, which allowed me to treat a sport I grew to love as therapy rather than strain. And I'm delighted for Tunde as coaches don't always get the credit, as I mentioned earlier, for the work they do with their fighters, but he really deserves it. And Anthony Art is definitely, definitely an outstanding fighter and he hasn't been rushed to it contrary to what people might say if the time is right you know Tunde always says dream it believe it become it and that's something that I also stand by and and for that and due to his style of coaching the question across the boxing world is how good is his chin and can can and um, can Ward get hit and come back here's what Tunde had to say regarding Andrew Ward's controversial comments to see someone take Anthony out of second gear. <laughs> just about, he just come out of first gear. I'm yet to see, and there's a reason for that. We already know, you're talking about Anthony, but we already know this guy gasses out after four rounds. We already know he can't take body shots. We already know he's been knocked out with a right hand left hook. <laughs> we already know this. That any athletic fighter he's come about come up against, he has problem. Andre Ward can't punch like Anthony Yard. <laughs> I'm just telling you the truth. <laughs> Andre Ward ain't got listen to what I'm telling you. Andre Ward does not have the skill set of Anthony Yard. I'm telling you. I ain't got no Andre Ward. I, I heard Andre Ward talk about it's gonna be um <laughs> he's gonna have to go through fire. No, you have to go through fire, Mr. Ward. <laughs> we ain't going through no fire. You, we're gonna make this thing. After this fight, people are gonna have to come up with a new thing to talk about, a new reason why, you know, uh, or what he should be tested. We ain't getting tested on nothing. Big words by Tunde Jai, and rightfully so. He knows what he wants. He knows what his fighter can do. Shout out to those who are tuned in at the moment: Gabby, Paul, Boots. Everyone is tuned in. Thank you for tuning in, guys, to the Halftime Show. We're talking boxing. We've been speaking about the Arabian Gulf League Cup. And a quick note on the Sergei uh, Kovalev and Anthony Yard. Now, Kovalev is, is a legit fighter, and he's had 37 fights, upon which he's won 33. He's only lost three, drawn one. Anthony Yard hasn't had as many fights on the big scene in terms of the 18 fights, but he's had 18 wins, no losses, and 17 of those have been by knockout. Now... This is going to be a huge test for Anthony. But if he does pass it, what's next for the young prodigy? Now, what are your predictions for the fight? Is it about time Anthony Yard gets the fight we have wanted to see for a while? Or is it too soon for the 28-year-old? Text us on 4215 do, or slide into our DMs on Pulse, 95 Radio or Omar Duro on Instagram. Coming up next, the game of the weekend. Liverpool versus Arsenal. We break it down for you. Stay, stay tuned for more for what's going to be a huge game for the whole Premier League. Only here in the heart of Sharjah on Pulse 95. You're listening to Pulse 95. Pulse 95. This is the Halftime Show with Omar Adouri. Welcome back to the Halftime Show and in our segment of Game of Zones, we zone into the game of the weekend with Liverpool and Arsenal squaring off as the top two teams with the 100% record after two games face-off. Now, for Arsenal fans, 
doesn't look too good as you face a monster in Liverpool who in their last two games at Anfield have beaten Arsenal 5-1 and 4-0. What can we expect? 35 goals scored in the last seven meetings. Just a small um, obstacle in Firmino, Mane and Salah. 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 That's what they got me nervous. The Liverpool players have got me nervous. Versus Aubameyang, Lacazette and Pepe. Now, if we look at their stats, if we compare the two, Firmino, Mane and uh, Salah have got 299 shots on goal, 56 goals and 15 assists. This is based on the 2018-2019 season. If you're looking at Aubameyang, Lacazette and Pepe, who recently joined, it's 293 shots, 57 goals, which is one goal more, and 24 assists. But that's also due to Pepe playing in the French League. Now, we look at tactics and we break that down and... Liverpool will probably play with a 4-3-3. However, with those that do know Liverpool quite well, there isn't really three in the midfield as the full-backs overlap into the middle, into the second third, and sometimes Salah and Mane drop into the middle as well to receive the ball to distribute and get the players on the counter-attack. But what's going to happen with uh, Unai Emery? Is he going to have a more pragmatic approach? The question is, does he play Lacazette? Aubameyang and Pepe who has, he has eased in recently or will he go for a more solid midfield to try and counter the three in the middle with Ozel playing pre-season and facing his off the field issues will he feature as he's available now to play but then again Caballos had a home debut against Burnley which got everyone talking does that earn him a spot what's tricky is we don't really know what Emery is going to do Willock has been outstanding as a youngster Chambers had a good first game. Does he stick with Monreal in a back four or Kalasanac as the wing back of a back three? And does he bring in David Luiz, Socrates and Chambers to play in that back three? Now, does Torreya finally start? The best ball winning player at the Arsenal Football Club should play against Liverpool, but we're not really sure how that's going to pan out. Will Jacker as captain automatically regain his spot despite Guendouzi playing both games so far? Here's what Emery had to say about the tough task against Liverpool. Listen to this. Each match, each moment, each season is different. And we can we can use uh, last year, two years ago, three years ago, four years ago. But really it's uh, our moment and this moment. And Anfield is uh, a big atmosphere with the supporter. They are very good team. Uh, they have advantage for, for, for us in, in their progress and in their moment. Uh, the last years, and uh, really now feel they 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 have one step more uh, being or, or feeling strong, but it's not for us. It's for for all, and uh, we need uh, to to take our best performance uh, to go there uh, with good feeling and also uh, thinking we can achieve uh, that performance individual and collectively to be strong for uh, to have our our, our chances. And uh, we are looking forward to go there and to, to show that. I hope you know what you're doing, Renai Emery. I really hope you know what you're doing. Now, if you were Arsenal manager and you face the Champions League winners, what would your lineup be? Text us on 4215 or message me on Instagram Live at Omar Alduri or slide into our DMs at Pulse95 Radio. Now, whilst we know with Liverpool what you're going to expect, the front three, Firmino, Salah and Mane, have been outstanding and Mane especially peaking towards the latter part of the season. You know what you're going to face with the back four with Van Dijk, Trent, Alexander-Arnold, Gomez and Robertson. The midfield speaks for itself 
whether it's going to be Henderson, Wijnaldum and Milner or Fabinho. But with Liverpool missing Alisson, does that change the way we distribute from the back? Now, with the systems Liverpool play and the new laws implemented this year, does Emery commit more players forward because Adrian's passing, especially to the second and final third, isn't the same quality as Alisson, which offered a different alternative when you try to high-press them. Especially playing through the thirds, it becomes a whole different ball game when you have players that can play with the ball, but also for the goalkeeper to be able to initiate that one pass that can kill out four or five players. And here's what Klopp had to say about his approach against the whole league, let alone Arsenal. Listen to this. He thinks it's about it. it, it he, cannot, he cannot make a joke. He cannot make. He makes a joke, like um, you want to play them. No, actually, we don't want to play them at all. So that's a joke, and we cannot make a serious question of it. So, but, but what I said is um, that we, I want to. We want to be the team nobody wants to play against. But I still have to. It's not about being before, not before that you don't want to play against that because we need opponents. It's that in the th- in the game you think, whoa, whoa. That's too much. They are too intense. They are too too quick, too strong, too fast. Whatever, um, too greedy, too angry. Whatever, and um, that's what we want, and not what people say before the game. It's not. That's not really important. We have to make ourselves ready for the game, and have to make sure that at the end people think, okay, uh, that was not a joy for us today. And there you have it, folks. That's uh, that's a big statement from. Uh from Jurgen Klopp as he says we're not worried about Arsenal we want the whole league to fear us and why not you know Liverpool are expected to win today against Arsenal does Unai Emery get this tactically right will he play a back four with Monreal and Maitland-Niles as full backs they're going to have the have to have the game of their life against Mane and Salah the midfield is what I'm concerned about in terms of what he chooses whether he plays Torreya, Jacka, and Willock. But then again, Caballos had a great debut against Burnley and he has definitely earned his space in terms of creativity to be able to make something happen. Or will he play Guendouzi, who he has favoured and played two out of two games in the middle? Torreya has got back and he's tried to ease him in. Then you have the front line of Aubameyang, Lacazette and Pepe. Now, will he sacrifice Pepe to play an extra midfielder to try and at least hold it together for the first half? Because let's face it, if Liverpool score that first goal, as they've proved in the past, they will blow Arsenal away, especially at Anfield. And then again, if he chooses a more pragmatic approach and is more organised, especially with the new laws being in place. Now, I emphasise on this point because when I watched Arsenal against Burnley, something that not many people noticed, Sean Dyche had done his homework and knows that the goalkeeper and the back four like to play out from the back. So there was five Burnley players around the box on the goal kicks for Arsenal. And that shows me that the coach has definitely done his homework, studied the new laws and tries to hurt the players. Now, with Alisson causing that blunder against Southampton, will Arsenal put pressure from the front and try and box them in because he cannot play the passes Alisson can? It's going to be a fine line, especially when it comes to this game. Text us on 4215 or slide into our DMs. Let us know what you think the score is going to be. It's going to be a massive game. I can't wait. Only here in the Heart of Charger on the Halftime Show, Pulse95. Stay tuned for more. Coming up next... This is Pulse 95. This is the Halftime Show with Omar Adouri. Welcome back to the Halftime Show. Now, if you're just tuning in today, we have talked about the Arabian Gulf League Cup. We've talked about Anthony Yard and Tunde Ejayi as they are in Russia currently now facing Kovalev. 
Right now, ex- exclusive news coming in uh, for those that are tuned in. Chelsea are playing Norwich. It is 1-1. Coach Tarek is on the Instagram live and watching the game at the same time. So shout out to Coach Tarek. Maria has obviously jumped in into the room on Instagram live, Pulse95 Radio. And Dodi thinks we are going to do it today. We have to be optimistic to stand any chance regarding Arsenal versus Liverpool. It is happening today, guys. There is a lot of sport going on. Just taking it back for our Pulse95 Fantasy Premier League uh, listeners and those who are involved in the competition at the Fantasy Premier League with us. Shout out to Arij, uh, who is heading the table with 163 points. Her team, Herrera Rochers. <laughs> She's captain Sterling this week. And as many have stuck with the, uh, with the winger who's on fire at the moment, who would blame her? Definitely one to watch out for in terms of this league. It's been a competitive league. I believe Fadi is in second position um and that might be from one household if i'm not mistaken so that's going to be an interesting uh, conversation over dinner for them too but um coming into what we were talking about earlier and a few questions coming in regarding the uh, liverpool arsenal game uh predictions for that game now oh guys you can see i've already had people who are tuned into instagram telling me that i look nervous because i haven't shaved because uh, i look scruffy yes guys i am nervous I will say that having been to Liverpool and lost twice in the last two years, 5-1 and 4-0, who would be confident? Apart from Unai Emery, who has a um, an interesting approach in terms of how he's going to line up today. You know, will he go with a back four? Will he go with a back three? The, the key will be in the midfield. So maybe packing out five players in the middle against Liverpool's three will be one way to try and stop them but however offensively when you try and get through the thirds how is he going to how is he going to counter that now Allison, if he was there would be almost an impossible task to beat because apart from apart from Edison for Manchester City is probably the best passer of a of a ball even as a, a goalkeeper I'd say he's better than half the defense in passing some of his long range passes is outstanding and definitely something you know we had to watch out for now Adrian has come in not thinking he's going to feature much this season and has gone straight into the team due to Allison's injury. But then again, you look at the front line, you just think, God, they are frightening. Salah, as I called him Salah earlier, uh, because my uncle's called Khalil Salah, shout out to Khalil Salah. And, um, and Mane and Firmino, I mean, they are they are unbeatable, really. When they're on their game, they've beaten the likes of Barcelona's and Manchester City's, and so they can beat anyone. But then again, this new Arsenal team is, is, is slightly unknown because of the new players they've integrated in the system. Caballos was outstanding, but that was against Burnley and that was at home. The problem we had last season was the away fixtures. And now it all comes down to how they respond and what kind of characters. Often in the past, we've had people question Arsenal's character and whether they have the leadership. Well, now with these new players on board, hopefully there's a fresh approach. And I'm really not sure what it's going to be. I, I would take a 2-2 draw. I was asked that just now, what the supposed to score going to be. I would take a 2-2 draw all day, but the optimistic part of me is saying you can go and win out there. They're going to have to be on their A game, especially the fullbacks, Monreal and um, Maitland-Niles, who is a great footballer, not necessarily a defender, but he's a great footballer, uh, who's playing right back at the moment because uh, Hector Bellerin is injured. So yes, to answer your question, guys, my prediction is probably going to be two all. I would love to see Arsenal win, as those who are uh, f- friends of mine or who do follow me or listen to the show, uh, it's been very well publicised that I am. And as as much of a neutral I'm trying to be, I hope Arsenal win, and I hope we hear the good evening 
by Unai Emery at the end and it's a victory after that because that will make my day and probably my household's day. So, um, for those that are tuning in, it is almost full-time on the Halftime Show. Remember, you can hear my podcast, uh, The Halftime Show with Omar Duri on Apple Podcast, SoundCloud, Spotify, um, on all social media platforms. So if you do miss the show, don't worry. Jump onto there, uh, like it, share it, review it. Let me know what you think. Remember, this show is as much about you as it is about me, and I love the interaction I'm getting here. Shout out to everyone who has sent in comments, has sent in messages. Remember, this show wouldn't be the same without you. Guys, it is full time. And uh, till Monday, I will miss you guys. Obviously, there's no one else here in the studio, but I will miss you guys. Shout out to Ray as well. Ray in the building. Always doing a great scene behind the scenes. We've got to give these guys a shout out. They are the real people who make us... Uh, shine I would like to say so shout out to Ray and everyone else at the Pulse95 family we are wishing you a great weekend Life of Tarek thank you for tuning in as well shout out to him stay tuned for more on Pulse95 and I will see you on Monday 3 to 4 on the best sports show in Sharjah the halftime show on Pulse95 this is Pulse95 tune in live every Monday Wednesday and Saturday from 3pm 